All right. Uh, Mike check, Jonas. Jonas, Mike check. And then uh, Ben Maximus. Ben Maximus, Mike check. <laughs> <laughs> we just need two more, and then we can form the Megazord. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with the gladiators on the other sides of the mics. First, we have Jonas Starkus. What's up, everyone? Benis Fraternalius. <laughs> How's it going, arena fans? Interesting week, dudes. Eh? That's my new rock jock voice. I think we're going to roll with it. Nice. Go for I it. I think the people would turn off this podcast really quickly if we all talked in our. Yeah, I think that's ideal. In, in, in our <laughs> in our radio voices, I mean, it would be <laughs> absolutely. It, it would it would be like the thing from uh, from Wayne's World. Remember when they're doing the uh, uh, they're doing the the radio interview and the the guy just going, mm hmm, uh huh, uh huh. You remember? A- am I dating myself again? I remember. Okay. I yeah sure. Okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Sure, I remember. Sure, sure, liar. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, who said you know who, who said playoffs are dull? No said, one said not not me. these guys. Yes, yeah, not us. Uh, talk about the playoffs. We got a couple of the we were not expected, but a couple of the uh, AFL awards came out, which we'll be talking about. Got a question from the fans, and we'll be talking about next week's. Man, that's going to be a long conversation itself. Next week's playoffs and which way, which way they can go. But first, but first, uh, overall, guys, what was your reaction to seeing? And, and, and obviously, we, the, uh, the, for CBS broadcast, we continuously heard the term either two-game series or aggregate scoring. As an arena football fan, hearing this for the first time, what, what was your, really your reaction? I mean, did it turn into a drinking game or could it have? Or is it just something that's like, eh, I'm used to it. Let's let's see how this pans out. Uh, John. You, know, you know, I think you're on to something there, and I might make it a drinking game if I, <laughs> if, I, if I stay home this weekend. But actually, I do like that they were bringing it up and keeping it active in the, in the discussion. Mm-hmm. Ben? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, you know, it was funny, the amount that they were discussing it. It was a bit of a laugh. And uh, I think it's helpful for fans listening at home who have – Really no idea what's going on, and people at the stadium who probably don't know what's going on unfortunately couldn't hear them discussing it because uh, it really did clarify the concepts that are at play here right. from strategy to structurally. It, it was it was good to have them talk about it that much, I think. And I, I think it goes towards the – and it's funny you say that, Ben. It goes towards the fans in D.C. because – it game ended in a tie, and everybody started going home. I guess what were they thinking? It was a DC United game, John. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. You guys, soccer fans or what? Well, so, well, dude, it had to be something because they were all leaving. They even mentioned it on the broadcast. It's like d- people are leaving. Do they? That not? makes me sick. So, so. yeah. Well, the in in uh, in arena announcing didn't really mention anything that we're talking about here with yeah, the explanation. Too, which yeah. Is, which is come on. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that on the boards too. Uh, they were just following the 
game format, but that should have possibly been in the game format. Right, but and again, to that point, though, then whose fault is it? Because over and over again, when we're talking about the Arena League rules for this for the playoffs, the word regulation, unfortunately, keeps popping up. You know, when you say a game is over, you know, it's aggregate scoring and a game ends in regulation. If you're a soccer fan and you're following it, you know, quite, quite uh, as much as some are, you're thinking, oh, game's over. But no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do, do that many DC fans really know what's going on? I mean, not to insult them, but like in terms of how, what's what's even happening in terms of the aggregate scoring structure. Like, I don't I don't think people walked out because they thought the game was over. I think that there were like just other factors at play, like. Yeah, but people, you know, I heard people the were quality coming. of the fans. Yeah, but I heard people were coming back though. John, you, you can tell me to tell if this is right or wrong. People left, but did, didn't they come back? Spin us a yarn, John. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yes, yeah. I mean, some some did. I, you know, maybe people were just going out for concessions during the break between, between the two, for the two minute break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that uh, tracks. Yeah, but uh, I, you know, I do wish, like you said. Like we all said, and I should have done a little bit better job explaining how the playoff series works to the people, uh, to the fans there in in the arena. I'm going to, unfortunately, I'm going to put this on the league on that one. Because I I bet you, no matter what, you're going to hear it infinitum this week in Albany, considering it's so close. And once they get, I don't know if they will say anything in Baltimore, because Baltimore is currently ahead. You know, if, if... all of a sudden, Philly roars back and scores 14 points to start the game. They're up. They're up plus one, uh, up plus two. Anyways, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but overall, I mean, I think we'll go talk to the the Albany Washington game. Remember, we've been saying this for the past couple of weeks that this DC team seems to be on the verge. And from what we saw, John, this was a this was a team a team that was playing their hearts out as if they were in the, you know, they were a, uh, a 10 and two team compared to a two and 10 team. They just played really, really well. Now, was it a matter of the, of the team itself? Or do you think Albany sort of was looking past them saying, ah, we're going to blow them out. Well, the energy there from the team was really good. And there didn't seem to be too many, angry players and you can see they controlled the penalties there, there weren't too many issues with that i think that they i think they kept it cool and i think we have seen them on the verge and they're they're keeping it rolling and they're building steam mm-hmm. and the momentum continues and they're going to go into this weekend looking to continue to build off what they have the last three or four weeks uh, all the pieces are really starting to fall into place. Uh, we might be seeing a, a a winning season next year if everything can stay in structure like it is now. Yeah, Ben. I mean, did you did you notice anything? Do you agree with what we're saying? Or do or yeah, I, no. I think it was really interesting to see how Washington sort of came out here. It didn't appear to be a team that had nothing to lose. It felt like more so a team under control. Right. Um, there was not there were not a lot of mistakes made, as John said. It was interesting to you know it feels like a team under c- the control of Matt Stafford in a way. It's yeah, it's yeah. you know they've got a mind behind the team now, which they've just never had. And you know even listening to him on the broadcast calling plays as they you know drove down the field, 
you know, it just you get the impression that they have a direction now. And obviously it's so late. We're in the playoffs, but uh, there's no time like now for D.C. Valley is looking really smooth. And I, I don't know. I mean, this is what I've been predicting all along. So, of course, you know, uh, and, is- and by the way, speaking <laughs> of Stafford and his play calling so damn funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. That would that was the I think that's one of the other highlights of the game itself was Stafford and his and his play calling. He's get because he, he you know he wasn't doing like a normal head coach was and saying you know we're gonna go uh, you know X fly Z uh, two eighty route something like that. He was like yeah we're we're just gonna try to get a first down. <laughs> I mean it's like <laughs> yeah he's like this is the one where we try something yeah exactly and then it was just like a rollout like trying to run to the end zone or the one is like well we're well, maybe gonna try to get this guy <laughs> yeah let's just see if we can drag down a 400 pound man i mean it's it that that made that you know that made for itself i mean it's you know you don't need mic'd up you know mic'd up coaches you don't you don't need hat you know uh, hat cams or anything like that 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 was gold in itself yeah that really was um this this game, guys, it it came down to, you know, in the re- in the in regulation, the the game had been tied a grand total of uh, is it seven times, uh, three, five, seven, seven, yeah, seven total times in the game, and it came down into overtime to for for this game uh, to finally have a winner. Um, anything stood out from overtime that may have have swung it one way or another for for Albany, Ben? I mean. Not really. I had the two point conversion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's really all it was to me. Yeah, you'll, um, I'll, 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 you'll see where I'm going with this when I when I when I tell you mine. Oh, the teaser freezer. Yeah, yeah. Ben, anything? I uh, sorry, uh, John, anything? No, I, I feel the same. <laughs> uh, but, but but I do recall mentioning to both of you how I felt about the coverage on that two point conversion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll leave it at that. So, Tim, what do you I'm what do you feel? Say, if anything, that could have really hurt Albany. And this happened. This happened a few times this year. And I think and I had totally forgotten about it. You know, the, the bad AFL fan that I am was the was the one and done penalty call on Joe Sykes in overtime. Remember, and in, in you get for for uh, offsides or whatever it is for the O-line. When you get a penalty called against you, it's usually two times and you're gone for either for a half, the half, right? The half. Yeah. But when you get into overtime, it's one. Everything starts anew, and it's one. So he got that penalty of offsides. He was he was DQ'd for all the rest of overtime. And I was thinking, oh, if anything, that might make that could be a big deal. And then DC scores. So that 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 was my thought. That was my thought because it's one of those rules that you tend to forget about. You, you know, I mean, you know about. Uh, the, I think they used to call it the Tim McGill rule. Um, but yeah, it's to me that that's one thing that stood out. So it's it, it's they're lucky it didn't come back to haunt them. Right. I mean, they either could have won by seven points or one. Yeah. Or essentially. They, well, or or they could have lost. Well, oh yeah. I mean. Yeah. Now there, uh, and they corrected this. They corrected this on on the on the broadcast after I mentioned it to them. I think I mentioned it to. I was able to text said to to make the the corrections. Um, but uh, Joe Hills extended his postseason touchdown streak. They're completely different than the 92-game streak that he has in the regular season. He he extended his streak to nine games. Big play, Reggie Gray for the for the Valor actually extended. He's the current uh, he's the current leader among active players in the AFL right now. He extended his consecutive streak with a TD reception to 12. And just looking at the stats alone here, guys, I mean, just by far, this, these stats were just it just showed how how high and how much of a 
uh, interesting game this was. I think it was an interesting game in lieu of the coffee marsh debate. Yeah, yes. Um, because yes. a lot of what Marsh was saying came true with Hills dropping pass in the end zone. Yeah, drop that. One. Uh, yeah, yeah. Had yeah a I saw. I saw an interception. Yep. I mean, it was yes. tough. It was tough. I saw the the pass to Hills in the end zone hit his forearms. So I I know I know. Yeah. I, yeah. Now to to be fair, we got to say at least he he did he was just there that day for the game. Because right. he was, he was sure. away, you know, there was a, a family emergency with his wife, which I understand. He wanted to be there. Um, but, man, uh, Tommy Grady, 25 of 39, 347 and 1. Arvell Nelson, which got uh, the uh, Offensive Player of the Week, he went 26 of, 26 of 38, 259, and six touchdowns. And he had, did he have a rushing touchdown? Yes. Two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Malachi Jones cementing himself as if he hasn't already he should have because i think the way we're already getting the awards coming in but 11 receptions for 167 yards four tds joe hills nine receptions 114 and two uh, colin taylor got into the act i think one of the most misleading stats by the way guys is greg carr because his his stats on offense dude really does not equal what he did on special teams in any yeah way. oh in the last he's been huge games. for them yeah Literally I mean, and figuratively. Yeah, I mean, uh, got the two point convert. Um, he was a he was a beast on uh, on special teams. Actually, you know who else was a beast on special teams was uh, um, was Brian Burkowski. Ever since he's joined the team, he was a beast also on special teams. Um, Reggie Gray, fourteen receptions, one hundred three and four. Uh, Jared Dangerfield got in. Doug McNeil got in. The McNeil touchdown was nice. Um, can we just say for a moment? I don't know. I mean, it it kind of goes without saying. Yeah. How lucky are we that we got this game? This was an amazing game. I don't think we've glowed about it at all. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, we got the greatest possible AFL playoff game. It goes into overtime. You know, with this current format, it's added like the most tense layer mm-hmm. to next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, both games, honestly, you know, we'll get into the second one, have just sort of volleyed up this format as like an actual winning concept, um, at least to me. I mean, we'll obviously talk more about it, but I just feel like, wow, I can't believe this game. The Valor oh, just yeah. absolutely made this thing so much more interesting than yep. it was going to be. Yeah, And uh, I feel just very fortunate. I mean, considering the line itself, I think it was minus 13 to yeah. start. I mean, you never know. You never know anyway. I mean, and there are, there's a comment I want to make overall, which I made on, on social media, but uh, that I want to talk about too. Um, but uh, Albany wins the game uh, in overtime, uh, 57 56. Uh, they go into game two versus, uh, versus the Valor this week, this Saturday in Albany, as a plus one in the aggregate scoring. So it's basically, it's head to head. Basically, it's, it's even. It's even. Yeah. But a game that, that at points had its it, it had some great action, some great suspense, some some huge ebb and flows. Even even though the scores really is not indicative of it, is the Baltimore Philadelphia game. Yes, sir. Uh, Philadelphia does win fifty. Sorry, but Baltimore wins fifty seven forty five. But again, that num- those two numbers right there, guys, is completely misleading. Uh, Baltimore uses the twenty to seven run in the second. And Philadelphia almost had at no points. Yeah, in the first Came half. Out of the last ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I'm just like, when does the bleeding stop? I know, I know. They're at twenty-seven, <laughs> nothing. I'm like, oh my 
God. How is Coach Dozier yeah. not blowing a gasket? That's our man. He's calm and cool. Yeah. And, and this game, with its ebbs and flows and Philly coming back mm-hmm. uh, and tagging points on in the fourth quarter, such a subversive football-watching experience. And this is another example of why this playoff structure is so interesting. And people have noted this ad nauseum at this point, but the fact that Philadelphia leaves this game feeling good. Uh, uh, despite having lost a playoff it's a weird game. Sure, to it is and weird. Baltimore yeah. has won and is pissed off that they let so many points come back on the board for Philly. And as a football fan, that is just like incredibly strange to see and to feel. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, I mean, you know, this may be the only year we ever get this, but it's such an interesting experience watching it. Yeah. And for, for, for Philadelphia to set a franchise record for fewest points in a playoff game, yeah. You don't think of that when it comes to, to the Philadelphia soul in the playoffs. No, they're sort of the ironclad, you know what you're going to get yeah. team. You had to go all the way back to 2014 versus Cleveland, where they only scored 12 points in the first half. This year, they, they set a record of seven. So, um, uh, SK, uh, he extended his also his postseason streak uh, of consecutive games with a touchdown to nine. So he tied, uh, he tied uh, Joe Hills. Um, but the stats again it's it's box scores can say so little if you don't actually if you don't actually watch the game randy hippard i mean only 17 to 23 for 212 6 and 1 dan radabaugh what the hell 24 <laughs> 24 47 332 5 and 2 it's a ridiculous line those those two interceptions by the way it was like what one, one, it was completely telegraphed. The, the, defender, the defender completely jumped in front. I think it was uh, Josh Victorin that jumped in. It was it on the second one? The, so, well, there was one off the top of the wall. That, that was, was that he picked off. Oh, my off. God. The first pick was just a really bad pass, a horrible read. And then there was sort of, this is not really a pick, but the two-point conversion interception. No, that true. was like stepped right in front of him. Yeah. But, but Josh Victorin also had one, too, where it was, bas- where it was telegraphed. I think the Powell one was the one off the wall. And that Josh, was Victorian. Yeah, yeah, Josh Victorian had his one uh, yeah. where it was completely telegraphed. Um, it, it's, by the way, DJ, DJ Stevens led the team in yards. Five receptions, 72 and one. Brandon Tompkins, five receptions, 56 and two. Quentin Sims got one. Q got one. Uh, four receptions, 31 and, and one. Uh, Brandon Collins, uh, three for 53 and, and two. Uh, Hipper got into the rushing act with a touchdown. Uh, Prince finally was able to. Uh, early, it was on to, to Darius Reynolds, by the way. But did they have a case of the? Seem to have a case of the of the dropsies in this game too. Yeah, I mean, it was another. It was another one for for D money, unfortunately. Yeah, I think at one point, and we don't keep track. I guess they were keeping track in 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 game. Was I think at one point wasn't it? Darius had he had eleven targets, but only like. At the time, I think it was, it was only four catches. Jeez. Um, Darius Prince, 11 receptions, 128 and four. He basically was the scoring, and SK had a touchdown also. That was a beautiful touchdown, by the way, by SK. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy Richardson had one, too, uh, rushing. Um, now, what uh, I think this leads into how this game changed for the Philadelphia Soul, because, you know, going into the fourth quarter, guys, Baltimore scores twice, and they're up. 48-19, and it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, with 5.45 left, they're up 30. That's so nuts. 
And yeah. I'm sure you, all three of us are thinking, this game and this series is done. I think I was at that point. Yeah. But look at look at this here this this is the this is the one stat line which could easily have changed this game besides the the, the return for two points. Adrian uh, Trevino, one of four on PATs. One of four. So there's three points there. But then you look you look at how they came out, but what he what he was lacking in PAT uh, accuracy. They did monster, and he helped with that when it came to the onside kicks. Yeah, it was a truly redemptive ending for him. You wonder yeah. if if it would have happened uh, if he'd made those extra points. You know, mm-hmm. it's still three points off the board for them, but I mean that was a uh, solid way to win back everyone's trust. Oh yeah, no kidding. And he recovered one of them himself. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it it it's just nuts. You know, so you know they're down, they're down after the. After the two-point return with uh, one minute left, score was 57-31. And as, as we know in all year, when it comes to to the one-minute rules, if Baltimore gets it, they could have sat, they could have just kneeled, 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 kneeled. But that wasn't the case. Now, quick touchdown uh, to Prince, 29 yards, brought them within 57-39. And then Richardson, with a two-yard run, brought them within uh, their the, the final 12 points. So Baltimore goes up. It's funny how we're talking about this. It's like Philly won. Right. Baltimore goes up one nothing. They go into the game next week at home, this Friday at home, up plus 12 in aggregate. And this is, this is the point that I wanted to, that we were talking about earlier. Remember last week, guys, that I said, and I think, I think you guys agreed, that one of the things that, sh- that would be a factor, I think, would be field goals. And they weren't. And I don't understand. And as I put on social media, I said... For a series where you need to score as many points possible, why are you not kicking field goals? At one point, I think Philly was down 15, and they try to go for it. They get stopped at the end of the – right before I think they went – they did fourth down. Was it a fourth down uh, at the end of – where do they, where do they uh, turn it over on downs on fourth down? Was that in the first quarter? Yeah. But they were there to try to kick – they could have kicked a field goal. Right. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. So my, my, my thought is this, guys. If they were to, and same thing in the Albany game too. They really weren't trying, but they, they, that game the fifty up. yarder. <laughs> yeah, but I know that they. I think uh, was it um, Baltimore tried one. I think Baltimore tried one, and it went. Yeah, oh, Baltimore yeah, also tried a really at long one. At the end of the one. game. Yeah, yeah. So that was the only one of the game that was tried. Right. But if you think, God, if you think about this, it's really strange. Is that if Philly had made those two, those two, uh, those three missed uh, extra points, and even even by leaving in that two point convert. That was returned. And you kick a field goal uh, in the first quarter, they're going into game two down six. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes you wonder if coaches approached the strategy of this the exact same way they approached the strategy of a typical AFL game where three points is not worth the risk of missing one. Like that, that seems to be the trend over the last five years. Yeah. Less and less field goals because it's worth it to try for the, you know, for the first down or the touchdown um, because field goals are such an uncertainty in this league and literally just to get as many points as you can, it may be worth it statistically to always try to score a touchdown. And so we thought maybe they would tweak that a little bit uh-huh. because they know the aggregate score is at play. But you could you could just say the same thing applies here where trying to get seven points 
is a lot more significant to the aggregate score than three. Right. But now we're sitting looking at these games being so close, and you do wonder if they had tried these field goals on fourth down situations if, you know, it's definitely true. But you don't know because there also were fourth down conversions for touchdowns. So, you know, it goes both ways. I, I actually sent a, a text to said Bonner at halftime asking him basically what we're talking about now. And his comment back to me was, he goes, Percent, uh, the percentages are down. And if they get you zero, you may as well try and go for seven. I, I, I understand said's point, but I don't, I don't agree with it. You know, for me, the playoffs right now should be hashtag all points count. Right. I mean, John. I mean, the I mean, philosophy is that if you if you try two fourth down conversions and you succeed on one of them, you have made the points back that you would have if you made two field goals and no, then no, some. I get that. I yeah. Get that. So, and I think in the AFL, that's a valid point. Yeah, I get that. But I think for me, it's like when you see what the scores were, and you want to stay close. I mean, yes, I, I don't think that the that Coach Delzell and the Stoll are kicking themselves for not trying that three pointer, but. I think what what Baltimore tried at the end of the game proves the point. All points do matter. So I mean, John. I mean, did anything any any of this stick out to you, or is it is said dead on in what he's saying, or or did did they do really follow follow the game plan from what you expected? So I see Philly was one for four on fourth down. Yeah, and. I think the one field goal attempt that could have been had that you were referring to specifically that you actually messaged me about during the game, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you. They should have tried for it there. The other two, though, I'm more on the side that Ben is talking about in the sense that I think that 14 points is a lot more than six. True. And when you look at how Trevino was cook- cooking, Excuse me. How he was <laughs> Breaking how he bad was, reference. There you go. How he was kicking there on Sunday. I just think that they made the right decisions in going for the actual uh, attempt to convert a first down. Okay. No, it's or go for the touchdown. I mean, I think sure. I think either late or late in the game, I agree with you. Late again, late in the game, I, I can I can see the shift. It makes sense, and and that's why I mentioned. I mean, early in the I think. Early in the early in the game, where you're close, sure, you know what what did they have to lose? I mean, they were you know, as I said, at one point they were down fifteen nothing, and they weren't trying anything. But was it fifteen nothing, thirteen or whatever it was? So I was surprised. But then again, it, it this may be the norm. This is arena football today, where field goals are rarely tried unless they're usually for a game winning a game winning variety or an end of half variety, which I think we that's really the most that we've had this year is at the end of the half. Right. So, but it, 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 you know, heading into week two, which we'll talk about really, oh man, there are a lot of wrenches to be thrown into, into strategy coming up for both games, because, you know, with the way that the, over, with the way that the rules are in this aggregate scoring, it's, uh, it can be very interesting to say the least. It's going to be a doozy. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So, before we move on to that and to, uh, the question from our fans, which will lead into to next week's inform- uh, happens to be about next week, uh, the Arena Football League announced not only their first their first and second team all arenas guys, but they also announced uh, late today uh, first that uh, Albany's Hayworth Hicks is named the offensive lineman of the year, and Albany's Joe Sykes 
is named the Defensive Lineman of the Year. Uh, one quick note, by the way, guys, for when it comes to Joe Sykes, uh, he's the he is this is the fourth time that he's won this award. And the interesting part about this is this is the fourth team he has won this award with. Ooh la la! So he won it with Albany, Jacksonville in 2015. That's where he had that monster year. He won it in 2013 with San Antonio. That was a bad San Antonio team. And and then 2012 with uh, San Jose. Tim. Yes. The frat likes that stat. <laughs> oh God. And the fans are going crazy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, any any issues with either of these two awards? Going to who they went to? I think it's perfect. I think it was kind of expected. At least I was expecting it. I think we all kind of felt like Sykes deserved something. Mm-hmm. And for all we know, is he going to get something else? He might. We'll, we'll find out. No, no, no inside information this year. <laughs> None this year. Now, the interesting things that you talk about uh, giving Sykes something, uh, was it 12 players made the uh, All-Arena first and second team for the league this year? Every team ended up getting at least one. Um, in a four-team league, you'd hope so. You th- you'd hope so. Uh, any questions? Because usually when you look at who gets the first team rep, uh, awards, usually will mean that they will be in the fi- they'll be finalists of the upcoming awards for the for the biggies. So uh, everybody knows what our picks were. By the way, if you didn't go over to the message boards, we've asked our fans to make their choices too for the top awards of the year, which they did. So head over to the message boards. Quite so, quite a few responses on that yeah. thread. Yeah. Any questions about any of the choices on the first team, guys? Because I think, you know, Hayworth Hicks gets gets a first team O-line. Joe Sykes gets defensive end. Um, Mark Lewis gets kicker. Special teams goes to Brandon Topkins. Tommy Gunn gets uh, QB. Joe Hills, Malachi Jones, and Darius Prince get wide receiver. Any of those three in particular... I think these are exactly what we would have put. Uh, I, think I, think this, I think it's fun that Brandon Tompkins is on the first team and second team. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. For special teams and yeah. wide receiver. <laughs> I do see that. I actually, that slipped by me. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a fun bonus fact. That's right. Although that must happen time and time again. It's, yeah, I think it's happened a couple, couple, of, the, couple yeah. of these years. Yeah, a couple of years. With the, when you get a little bit more players, I think it's a little bit harder to do. Definitely, yeah. Um. Is there anybody here? Do you think that should be flip flop? Somebody should somebody would change with with somebody else. You know, like like should an Aaron Washa have been a first teamer? I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can't remove anyone from the wide receivers, in my opinion. Right, that is a lockdown trio. Right. Trio. Um, the only place maybe I don't know. Jake Metz on the first team is interesting, considering he was later into the season. Yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, that's sort of odd. I mean, that was surprising to me. You know, Cato Bishop, I maybe would have swapped with him, but it's hard to argue. What about, um, what was I look? What was the one I was looking at here specifically? Um, fullback-wise, though. Full, this is an off year to be a fullback. It, it, it really is. I mean... Yeah, there were a lot of interchanging, so... Yeah, yeah, and, and or they ended up going to... It was. Yeah, yeah, like Michael Benson was with, what, two teams this year? Right, yeah. Um... I think they got the QBs right. I don't think you could have included you couldn't include a Radabaugh. No. Know, the, all the changes in DC. I think if if Nelson had been with DC for the year, I think he may have gotten uh, a look at at that uh, second team. Um, but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really don't see any. I'm sure we're gonna have a lot 
I would be I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of our picks that we made were were correct for for the for the big ones. It's just curious to see some of the other ones that the league's going to come out with. And I don't yeah. I don't know their schedule. I wish they would have. And they did this last year. They they said what the schedule was going to be and when how many they were going to do per day. And they dropped what they dropped two within three hours today. Roughly, I, yeah. I think one came out at twelve. One came out at three, or one came out at two, something like that. So now I think to my question to you guys is: Is Albany uh, worthy of having 12 total players on the first and second team because you know there was a lot of parity in the AFL this year I mean sure they finished top you know they won the regular season title but you know considering where Baltimore was this year and how well they they played at the beginning I mean I think the reason is probably that um, a lot of breakout players this year mm-hmm. were sort of in and out like we were just saying I mean Players were a lot of the players, even on the second team, were injured or missed several games. Right. And Albany's unit, I think, was the most consistent in terms of health and just, you know, they were the most, you know, consistent team in the league, I think, across the board. Okay. So it sort of makes sense to me that with players playing the longest on Albany's team, that those players made it into the first team. And I think there's a little bit of a, maybe more than a little bit of a push for the AFL this year. With Albany, I think the league wants them in the Arena Bowl. I think they want their players to be out there. I think they're sort of it's this whole year sort of feels like an Albany campaign, <laughs> and so it's not really surprising that they are you know there's twelve of them. Well, yeah. let me position this a little bit differently for the both of you. I made proposition, yeah, yeah, see. yeah, see? okay. <laughs> so we've got thirty six players on first and second team All Arena total. And Albany has 12 players. And the Valor had sort of a abysmal season. So they're kind of swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah. And then got three times 12 is 36. So Albany is almost one third the allotted players for Albany, Philly, and Baltimore. And you, you throw in two, two Washington players, mm-hmm. I think we have total, to balance things out a little bit. Uh, Whereas I want to say absolutely Reggie Gray and Chris Duvall are both deserving of being there for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. when you phrase it that way, it makes sense. You know, when you sort of scrub a lot of Washington out of the picture, you're right. I mean, you basically have three teams. They're going to have somewhat even number. You know, there's just not that many slots, not that many players. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. So, well, uh, uh, next week on the show, we will go forward with whatever else has come out and uh we will finish up the list for our uh our arena bowl preview show uh you were talking about injuries and stuff like that guys i want uh, what's first uh hear us at uh at arena fan and at afl tonight uh speedy recovery to empire db terrence smith um he was carted off on a stretcher in the in the first quarter and you know, we've talked about all the neck injuries that we've seen this year. Out of all of them, guys, this, this, he didn't hit the wall. Yeah. It, it, it's like he got, he got turned into a, you know, it's like he turned, got turned into a pretzel and just something, something, whatever it was. Yeah, there were a lot of weird torquing tackles this week. Uh, like even Darius Prince, I felt there were a couple instances mm-hmm. where he, not only hit the wall, but was tackled strange with his ankle. I mean, he could have been absolutely done after that. It's really just like we were saying last time we talked about this. It's just the split second, just 
tiniest fraction of an inch that can separate you from having a broken leg and being on the field two plays later or you know even with a neck injury or anything like that so i mean i think that's just how football Malachi goes jones went through that he, i think yeah. with his knee yeah jones had his leg yeah twisted under during a tackle during a horse collar tackle so yeah so i mean we haven't i don't think we've not heard an update yet um but obviously we, we wish him the best and speedy recovery whether whether you come back to play arena football again or to play any football again in your in your career it doesn't matter. The main thing is is that uh, is that you get yourself better, just just like you know you know Nikki D has and 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 uh, you know Darius did it in after game one. So it, it's been a very weird year, um, but it just just goes to show that uh, it it is sports and and other things do matter than just sports. Um, so we do have a question, guys, from Sean this week, and it will lead into our our chat about the about the game next week so the games next week so here he goes and by the way he did uh, we didn't include it because we did our gbus last week but he did include his gbus which I, I will read either way so he says tim ben john my question relates to the new playoff format and overtime uh empire go in with a one point lead and the brigade with a 12 point lead but my understanding is as uh, that they won't be starting the scoreboard at one to zero and 12 to zero they will start both games at 0, zero. Uh, That can mean that we end up with two possible problematic OT scenarios. One is an overtime that is required for the series, but doesn't seem to be required in the context of the game. If the game ends up with the Valor up one, then you need overtime. You need then you then you need an overtime to decide the series even though the score of the game isn't tied. Now, the other possibility uh, is you get an overtime that is not required by the series, but you play it anyways for the game. Let's say that Baltimore ends up, uh, the Baltimore game ends in a tie. There's no way that Philly uh, can win the series in overtime. Actually, I'm going to dispute that. That's not true. See, this is where the nuts stuff comes up, by the way. Um, Talking nuts stuff? Yeah, yeah. Regu- yeah, let's talk re- nut re- stuff. Remember, John, regulation and overtime. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yikes. Here we okay. go again. Let's get into this. Um, I'll, I'll, let, me finish, let me finish this question now. Um, <laughs> yeah, let, let's say that the Albany game's in a tie. So to finish the game, you need an overtime, but the Valor... Uh, did he put the Valor? He did put the Valor. Uh, but the Valor could end up winning the series by scoring two more points higher than Albany in overtime, even though Albany had won the, C- the series... At the end of regulation, no, uh, no, no. We're, we'll go over these scenarios. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't see that. Anyway, so his question is: Long story short, uh, given these possibilities of a, com- uh, of a completely unintended OT or an OT that uh, tips the series lead, even though the team already won, but the ser- uh, the series in regulation, would e- each of you prefer they start the scoreboard at zero zero, or or with the lead? of the team that uh that the team has coming into the game i i see what he's saying and the the other one that he's talking about guys i said long story short is that with the philadelphia game say a baltimore game's in a tie there's no way philadelphia can right. win the series in overtime but they still have to play overtime anyways to decide a winner right that's what he's getting there's so many different scenarios wait why would you why'd you say you would dispute that one you can you can score Think about this. Right, but this, how would the soul be able to win the... How? 
okay. points aggregate. They're they're tied. Okay, they're tied going into overtime. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, of the second game is tied, not the <laughs> aggregate score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Game two. So Philadelphia, as per you know, as per Arena League rules, Philadelphia gets the ball first and scores a touchdown and scores seven. Baltimore mm-hmm. gets the ball. They throw a pick six. Philadelphia can win the series with an extra point. That's a good point. <laughs> Bravo. No, I'm totally with you. Throw a wrench. And that's into, just throw a wrench into your, your thoughts there, John. <laughs> yeah. John's in a coma now. <laughs> I am. I've been subdued. This is like when we spent more than a few minutes discussing all this before, before the show tonight okay. and yeah. how there are actually way too many scenarios still at this point going into this weekend's games yes there are way too many that we can think about because i'm trying to think of any scenario there's no scenario there even is a scenario where even though they go in the into even with the albany game there could be a scenario the same exact thing yeah albany's only up by one unless somebody scores a safety right then it's over you can still have the same type of result I mean, I guess my thing is that these oh aren't, like, God. problematic. This is nuts. Like, that's, this is more fun to me than yeah. an issue. No, no, like it's not a lot issue. of yeah. A lot of fans seem to be framing this as, like, a chaotic thing. And, and by the way, if I'm, if I'm not, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but when they are doing a two-game aggregate series in soccer, game one, uh, game two begins at 0-0, zero, zero, but it shows on the scoreboard that the current aggregate is X to X. Mm. I mean, Sed was pushing that pretty hard. Oh, I know he was, eh? Yeah, and uh, well, and Ari was saying he thinks that the total score should be on the scoreboard, which is that's chaotic. Good. I don't like that. See, no, I mean it's you insane. need to start. It's a new game. Start anew. It's just you know you have to work your butt off to to catch up. And I think Philly Philly helped their cause by doing it doing what they did at the end of the game rather than being down thirty heading into into game two. They're only down by you know they're down by twelve. Right. So it's just way. Okay. So first and foremost, we did find out that, yes, if the game is tied, regardless of, uh, regardless of aggregate score, if the game is tied at the end of regulation, it's a damn word again, that they will go to an overtime to decide a winner of the series. And if it so happens that when they do that and the score is still tied in aggregate, they will go to another, and I'm saying it this way, John, just for your sake, another overtime session with normal overtime rules. Yes. None of that yeah, mini, not, not of that unlike if crap. a team was tied in the playoffs in round one, they would go to round two of, of overtime mm. or quarter one or quarter two, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Two OT. Yeah. Yeah. In any sport, that's how it would work. But it, there's so many different scenarios. You can just imagine... I've, I've I've seen so many people on the boards and on Twitter and, and and Facebook. They've you know they've come up with different scenarios where you know a team can lose on purpose. Yes, that is an interesting point. Just and it's, to win it's very the real. series. Yeah. So here's something to think about. These yeah. scenarios are so mind blowing that we forgot to answer the question. Oh no! Well, I don't think no. My question. <laughs> I, I I said it. I I think it should be zero zero. That, that's what his question was. I think it should be 0-0 zero, zero for the beginning of the games. Don't put one nothing and don't put 12 to nothing. I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. So, but yeah, there's just so many scenarios. But as we've seen, I think 
and as you're saying at the beginning of the show, Ben, even though this is a one, possibly a, a one year thing only, fans, some fans are actually enjoying this because it throws, what's funny, what the removal of the one minute timing rules took out when it came to strategy, this two game aggregate series, total points series, puts it right back in. Because as I said before, hashtag all points count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that's did. true. You did, yeah. So uh, it's, it, it's, it actually, it is, it's mind blowing to see how many different things, uh, and, and Sean, we'll read your, your GBUs, but I'm sure when you're writing your, I mean, I love your, your passion and how you're explaining it. But again, I don't think you, you thought that a touchdown and a pick six could win it for, for Philly, which it could. So I'm just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Maybe think harder next oh my time. God, dude. I just thought about something guys. <laughs> okay. What? So say Philadelphia, say Philadelphia does pull that off, and they miss the extra point. <laughs> they go into that extra overtime period to just, mm-hmm. because the aggregate score would be tied. Right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I hope that happens like in a big way. Oh man. I hope the AFL made sure that they have a lot of time scheduled. <laughs> oh yeah. For absolutely. CBS Sports Network. For once, we get to piss off another sport when we when we run over our time. Uh, his GBUs uh, his good his good goes to the defensive game planning by the brigade yes the soul struggle with some drops some but the the brigade seemed to have a a, a very good read on most plays and were able to, to jump routes and uh, what did it say and, and contest catches consistently there's a tongue twister for you. Coach Smith Houseman and Walker did a good job of preparing the defense his bad Goes to Arvell Nelson for making the case that the AFL has four all-star quarterbacks this season, not three. Nice. I like this. I could easily make make the case that Nelson played better than Radabaugh and maybe even Grady this week. Uh, Radabaugh, maybe. Grady, <laughs> no. No. Uh, ugly. Uh, my ugly this week goes to the officiating crew for that phantom offensive pass interference call against the Valor in overtime. It ended up not having a huge outcome in the game, but it could have, it could have, and was not an inexcus- and was an ex- inexcusable call. I hate to see a call like that uh, affect the playoffs uh, or arena ball. Uh, if, if all, uh, if at all in doubt in the playoffs in overtime, give your flag in your pocket, man. Yeah, but I'll say, Johnny, you didn't mention that. You you didn't mention the uh, the PI in overtime. Oh, that's true. But it was a ghost, so it disappeared. It's like poof. Thanks, Sean. Greatly appreciated. Before we talk about the this week's games, do not forget that we are on multiple multiple uh, channels in social media where you can get a contact of us, contact with us. You can head over to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. They're all at slash Arena Fan. Head over to our. YouTube account. It is at uh, Arena Fan Online. And if you want to listen to any of the shows, any of the 250 plus shows that we have done at AFL tonight over the years, you can head over to Google Play Music or iTunes. Uh, or if you want to listen to at least up to the past three episodes from the 2018 season, you can head over to soundcloud.com slash Arena Fan. And if you want to happen to leave us a message, say what you think, tell us we're wrong. Tell tell Ben to drop the uh, to drop the frat is that never gonna happen, never gonna happen. <laughs> Email me at tim.capper at arenafen.com and I will make sure that I pass along the information to the guys if necessary. 
So I think what's weird, you know, it, it's five dimes seems to be treating this week's games as if they're just regular games and they and there's no bearing at all, guys, to the aggregate scoring. Now, the way I, I look at this and I think what, what was the what was the it was plus 10 for Albany last week, John, I think. Is that what it was? Uh, maybe plus 13. Okay. 13? Yeah. yeah, 13. What's weird, guys, is they have the exact same line. Whoa. Which I got a sneaking suspicion they didn't. They, they didn't take the, they're not taking the aggregates into, uh, into account because they have uh, Baltimore favored by three and a half over Philly. So I think the big question here, guys, for the game specifically on Friday, which happens at seven o'clock, CBS Sports Network. Philadelphia travels to Baltimore for game two. Baltimore currently leads the aggregate by 12. Does Philadelphia overcome the 12? And does Philadelphia take the series? John? Well, they've got a little bit of a task at hand because they, they like many teams, did not play well this year in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So Baltimore has an upper upper hand in that. Yep, only one I think, loss. One loss, and that was, the, that was to Albany. Oh, Albany, correct. Yep. So I think that, that Philly definitely has the potential to to win this game and to to look as Baltimore looked last weekend, very dominant. I think Philly always has the potential to do something like that. It's just it's been hit or miss this season more so than ever uh, for me in my recent memory. And by the way, with Baltimore's win last week uh, at Philly, that was only the second time in their uh, in their historical series uh, between two teams that a an away team has won. Wow! So eight of the ten times the home team has won, and that was the first time Philadelphia actually had lost uh, uh, that Baltimore had won in Philly. So, I mean, Ben, I mean, obviously twelve is better than thirty. <laughs> right um does is philly able to make the to make the comeback i it, honestly it, it would be don't. pretty it'd be pretty historical if you think about it i mean it would be epic and it's possibly the best case scenario for the league in terms of this format and it being an exciting ending and but if i'm trying to be objective i think that baltimore still looks like the solid team we know them to be yeah um, you know, the, the end of that game was, was, was a freak show, <laughs> you know, oh, I, you know, I don't know that the, that next week starts with the same sort of momentum that Philly had at the end there. Um, I, I think that Philly has clearly a lot of problems still and things, you know, it's not a, a squeaky wheel at this point. Yeah. It's not a well-greased wheel. I'm not really sure what that metaphor is, but I, so I see Baltimore still being uh, my favorite to win this game. And when the uh, the aggregate score as a result of that, yeah, it's it, it it's yeah they had all the momentum. I would imagine if they if they would continue playing, maybe Baltimore would have. I think it all depends on, on how this game starts for Baltimore. Yeah, I agree. And for and I'm just putting this out there for both games here, guys. Unlike this past week, do you now it being game two where points do matter? Do you think we are going to see more? <laughs> I, 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 more field goals or, or, or is it do you think it's just gonna be status quo I think more field goals in the Albany Washington game but not in the Baltimore Philly game interesting because Stat, it's that it's the, well it's just the point spread I mean the point difference is it would be statistically significant to get a field goal 
in the Albany Washington game because it could tip the entire series. Yeah. Whereas you you basically need two touchdowns if you're Philly. I mean, it obviously depends on how that game is going, but if Philly is trailing, they're not going to kick field goals. They just won't. It just doesn't make sense. Baltimore might. One onside kick and a fumble could turn that Valor-Albany game into a Philly-Baltimore game real fast. Right. That's true. Uh, Speaking of of Washington-Albany, game is on Saturday, 7.30, CBS Sports Network. Uh, Albany goes in with a plus one on aggregate scoring. I just, I love saying that. (laughs) Aggregate. Aggregate. Um, And again, this is this this you know what i am genuinely scared for albany because this 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 dc team has they've come to play you know sure sure you know sure the empire lead the all-time series five nothing you know sure there been there have been some some blowouts you know before the the game this past this past week the, the closest score was uh in may where it was 53 42 so uh, it's you know what different quarter of it they played Arvell a couple of times already dangerous man you know everybody's saying ha 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 you know a, a two and ten team making the arena bowl you've had teams that have been under 500 make make championships before it's happened in the AFL it's happened before so what what's your thought guys I mean this is basically a pick 'em game do you, I think if there's any if there's gonna be any factor within this game it will be it's gonna be the crowd in Albany. I think that's going to be a huge factor. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the defense needs to step up for Albany in order to make sure that this game, if, if they're able to keep it within, t- uh, you know, keep a, keep a distance within 10 points, I think they'll, obviously, they'll, they'll win the series. But, but John, you know, being a Valor fan, seeing what they've done so far and how they've improved under Arvell Nelson, I mean, are the odds, are the odds better than 50-50 for Washington to win this? I would say if it was at home again, they would be better than 50-50. But I think on the road to Albany, traveling the farthest distance, as well as the crowd being a factor there, I would still say it's a little lower than 50-50. Maybe the Valor have a 40% chance to win this game, whereas Albany is more likely the victor. By the way, Washington is average, is, is averaging only... Uh, is scoring on an average only 22 points in Albany this year. Damn. 22 points total. Albany has an average of uh, 47 and a half. And obviously that changes it. So it's funny what you're saying there, John, because it, it you go to the games in Washington, it's completely different. Completely different. We'll see if that plays a factor. So this is, it's, oh, I, 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 and, uh, I will be in, in attendance there uh, in Albany. So I will be there up, up in press row. Um, if you're going to be at the game, come, uh, Hey, I'll see you there, Timmy. Oh, yay! And I, yeah. think, I think John, you're 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 a push until Albany, uh, until uh, until Arena Bowl, right? Yeah, it's looking that way. Okay. I think uh, we're we're gonna spend the we're gonna spend the big bucks. Uh, yeah. Next weekend. Yeah, wherever it may be, wherever it may be, one of, one of three cities. But <laughs> well, it'll get closer. We'll find out where it could possibly be uh, as of the end of the game on Friday night. So it, it will eliminate one location. Indeed. So, any final thoughts for the week, guys? Whether it be, um, whether it be games related, uh, something on top of your head, uh, whatever it may be. I'm curious uh, between us, because I think Washington is going to win this game. Um, I, I'm curious between us, what's the difference between what you think is going to happen 
and what you want to happen. We don't usually talk about our desires at that much. Yeah. Uh, but as fans, you know, what do you want to happen? Wh- who do you want to be in the arena bowl? Uh, what do you think is best for the league at Hal? Um, John, yeah, John, go first. So, uh, I want the Valor to win this game. I want the Valor to go to the arena bowl. I think that we're going to see the arena bowl be in Philadelphia. In in that case, I think Philly's going to win the game against Baltimore. Uh, as a fan, that's who I'm rooting for. And I think it would be beneficial for the game to be in Philly rather than in Washington and Capital One Arena. All right, Tim, how about you? What scares me, as I said before, this game, the the D.C. Albany game scares me. You know, you got some pluses on this side by, by yeah, I said, by how many points Washington has been scoring has been scoring in Albany. But it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the same quarterback. You know, the last game that they played was in May and Shane Austin and, and well, Shane Austin and Warren Smith were their quarterbacks. <laughs> the different it, it it really does scare me. Uh, to be fair, I want I want to see Albany win. Um I, I'm just trying to think of what's best for the league because if Albany wins, yeah. you're going to have 13 plus thousand at Arena Bowl. If they're trying to woo, that's good, great. They're trying to woo some some owners to, you know, to say, you know, look, this is what you you can be if you do it right. It's not saying that it can't be done like that in all in in Philly. Oh, the 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 Arena Bowl in Philly last year was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it, if we get to the scenario, see how good or bad would it be for the league? And John, nothing against it with the valor. But if Baltimore and DC win, the game's gonna be, yeah, that's the game's gonna be tough. in DC. Yeah, of course. Which I don't think. I mean, maybe, maybe it could be papered. Maybe it could, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm also, I'm also worried about the condition of Capital One Arena right now as a fan. Oh yeah, you mentioned yeah. that real, real, real quick, real quick, because oh, yeah. you, you, you mentioned this, and we were like, I did not even know this was going on. Sure. So the whole concourse, all the way around the bowl, is torn apart, floors and ceiling, uh, down to concrete and wires and scaffolding, and. The team store is shut down as well as some of the more luxury clubs and some of the concessions in the concourse are shut down for remodel as well. And this was all planned out to go down throughout the summer at Capital One Arena uh, during the Valor and Mystics games after uh, NHL season had concluded. Huh. I thought what yeah, I, that's scary. What I thought was interesting, by the way, because I forget what we what we checked John, you may remember. Benny may remember, because they uh, on the broadcast last week, uh, I think it was the Albany game. They actually mentioned specifically that the game uh, Arena Bowl would be either a on the twenty eighth or it would be on the 29th. And those coincide with things we were talking about involving the arena's availabilities. Right, and I I remember Albany. Albany is a guarantee. They've already said if they post, it will be it will be Saturday the twenty eighth. Uh, I think Philly, because if it were Philly, it would be because that they have something. I don't know how it's going to work. They have something Friday and Saturday yeah, that yeah. weekend. And what I can't remember, was Capital One f- Scott free? I can't remember. Scott, that is the way to be, and they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. So um, I, I, nothing against the clubs. I, w- I would love to see Baltimore because Baltimore has been a, done a complete turnaround. Um, 
you know, guys, if you think about it right now, the, the cha- if we had only gotten one game, the championship would be Albany and Baltimore. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I, I said even though the DC, DC scares me, I'm still gonna go with the. I think it's gonna be the game one winners will be the game two winners, and it, it will be Albany. It will be Albany and Baltimore. I agree with you, and that's what I hope happens for the reasons you stated. As a fan. Yeah. As a fan. Of course. No, this was all. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention. Yeah. Two things. How interesting is it that in both games, the rookies led the touchdowns? Prince and Jones both had four touchdowns, right. as well as well over uh, well over 125 yards each. Malachi had 167, and, and Prince, I think, had uh, 128. And I also wanted to give a shout-out to the Valor for taking Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. That's true. I, I like that. Yeah, they deserve it. Oh, yeah. Again, it goes to show how much they are improving. So I said that it, it does. That's I said I I am genuinely scared about this DC game. They really need to come into the right mindset. I am wondering. I'm wondering. I'm even so that, nervous. I I am wondering. I'm surprised how nervous I am. Yeah, I, I am wondering if if they weren't looking ahead, because if you remember the pre-game comments by Joe Hills on the CBS broadcast, I think he basically said that. Yeah, I, paraphrasing that, that we're going to blow we're just going to score touch that we're going to blow them out and win i think i'm paraphrasing such a game. trap game yeah mentality. It, it, i think that was a trap yeah yeah damn you airy wolf um so yeah uh can't watch the games do uh albany you can listen to it on online um ben i will touch base with you i i yes, did not know you were touch. going to, i will touch base with you i'll be there we'll touch second base am i right oh <laughs> dear lord <laughs> uh we're close we're hosts you know what are you gonna do yeah. e- either way watch <laughs> escape enjoy the games this week we will speak to you next week we are going to be starting our arena bowl coverage so look forward to at least two podcasts next week leading up to the big game so for everybody here at afl tonight for john stark ben, Fr- ben Fertinale, i'm tim capper watch the rebound off the net <laughs>